Well, welcome everybody to episode 52 of the Blow Off Valve podcast. We've officially been doing this thing for over a year, which is kind of amazing. I just showed you how fast time goes by. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we we want to talk about kind of a mixture of news and, and kind of leading us into a kind of more topical discussion um, about uh, some just shenanigans in the car selling market right now. But the big news for, for me this week was the uh, the announcement by Singer, the people that do the kind of reimagined or resto modded, whatever you want to call it, versions of 911s. Uh, they came out with their um, reimagining of the 911 Turbo. Uh, and it's interesting because it really, it looks like the 930 generation 911, mm-hmm. but it's based on, on the 964 chassis, just like they're not naturally aspirated. Uh, cars that they've been making for you know a few years now, and I think this thing is absolutely stunning. They've got the whale tail spoiler, the kind of black mud guards on the rear uh, fenders that you would see on like a 930 have kind of been repurposed to be air intakes for the engine, uh, which is going to be a twin turbo 3.8 liter flat six, uh, and make about 450 horsepower as standard, but um, you know, as as you would expect from from a kind of a boutique company like this, customers can kind of specify higher horsepower numbers than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting kind of dovetailing with this story is uh, Porsche has actually contracted with Singer to build some of their engines uh, for Singer's cars. So it's, interesting. Yeah, it's really. I think you know Porsche. So Porsche is building these engines at the Porsche Experience Center LA in their engine shop. And so I think they had the capacity to do it. But the fascinating thing to me is this is really kind of a, a 180 from how Porsche was approaching Singer. So the That's reason, kind of what I was going to ask. Yeah. Yeah. So it used to be, you know, Singer would, it, Singer would advertise it as like their 911. And Porsche, I think, finally kind of made some legal moves. And now Porsche when singer puts these cars out they they have to say it's a porsche reimagined by singer is the is the legal Mm -hmm. wording that they use uh so they were kind of on the shit list for a little bit and and i think that relationship has evolved and and i think porsche has seen that singer is putting out such a beautiful product such a well-finished product yeah um, that it actually elevates the porsche brand that's Um, what i think and so they said okay you know what you guys are doing this on such a high level. We'll kind of collaborate with you. Supposedly, it's five engines that they're built. They've built for them so far, or are building for them this year. Interesting. Um, but, uh, anyways, just that's kind of an aside. But, uh, what did you think about this car, man? I, I'll, I'll let, sh- I'll save my thoughts. But, uh, I'm yeah. curious to see what you thought about it. Well, it certainly, you know, is a gorgeous car, and. Uh, you know, there's just something classic about this shape. Um, mm-hmm. I love the wide body kit that they put on it. Yeah. Um, it just looks muscular and just yeah. looks fast. But it's got that retro flavor to it. Um, in this version of the 911, I do really love. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that it's really refreshing in this day and age where everything has just gotten so freaking big. Mm-hmm. And, you know, monstrous that something like this exists that you can get 
new mm-hmm. um and reimagined i mean just like look at the look at the dash on yeah. the inside of this thing you know look at the seats look at the color dials i mean it's just mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and there's room for your cell phone to sit in there. It's like, oh, that is yeah. so cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, it's so well thought out, so well executed. And I, if I win the lottery tomorrow, my next call yeah. is to Singer. To, to put yeah, it 100%. <laughs> I, this, this is everything I love in cars. Like, it's, I, I don't know necessarily that I would get a turbo. I would still probably get it, their naturally aspirated engine. But yeah, I love what they've done here. I I love Singer's products, anyways. Yeah, um, and it's it's because of the attention to detail, and I think yeah. that's why their relationship with Porsche kind of makes so much sense. Like Porsche's, I, I was reading. Um, I don't know if you read in the m- most recent issue of Road Rat, they were talking about Seinfeld and like his, you know, collecting Porsches. Yeah, and one of the people that was quoted in the article said, you know, Jerry is a very fastidious person. He's very detail oriented. And that's why he's been drawn to Porsche is because they're very Mm -hmm. detail oriented. They're well-constructed. And I think that's the same ethos as Singer. They're, they're just saying they're doing, they're doing what Porsche would do if Porsche didn't have to worry about how much unit cost, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And you know, it's kind of refreshing also to just not have, I mean, I don't know, like, the details of, of this, so maybe there are, to some degree, some of the nannies, but... I don't think just there a, are, Outside yeah. of, like, maybe ABS, I don't think it has any, like, driver assist stuff. It's got power yeah. steering, power brakes, but... So that's kind of nice, honestly. It's no, just it's, an it's, authentic driving experience. And exactly. That's hard to come by today with them, you know, like, you see, you, I don't think it's legislation, but just rules being written in the European Union saying, you know, by this date, they're, all cars have to have this, mm-hmm. this, and this, and that's right. more of Blind like this lane keep and stuff and pedestrian. The, the misfires at the wrong time and you're like, oh my god, we're gonna crash. <laughs> right. So right. let me ask you this. So mm-hmm. this thing they're saying, you know, yeah, okay, expect this to cost well over half a million. Mm-hmm. What does a, what does and I use this word lightly, but an approachable singer, mm-hmm. you know, nine eleven reimagined. What does that cost? And what do you think like the yeah. wait lists are? Yeah. So my my the last I've heard is the wait list is about three years. And okay. I think if you got kind of the most basic package, mm-hmm. um, I think it's like three fifty plus mm. the car, I believe. And unfortunately, even shitty nine six fours are like close to a hundred grand now. Uh, so you're you're probably looking at you know three fifty to five hundred grand to get even the naturally aspirated one. Um, this turbo is supposedly uh, it's expected to be at least half a million. Um, yeah. So I mean, these are beyond what you or I are getting. Um, as i kind of mentioned to you off off uh off the air um based on how these have done at auction when they've you know when the the cars have rarely yeah. gone up for auction they are fetching well over a million dollars so well yeah and that's kind of the if you're willing to to wait 
and you have the money to to foot the upfront cost, it, it's an appreciating asset. And that's just it. I mean, a car like this, I would actually want to take out and drive once in a while. Yeah, I but expect a, a lot of people. Bit... This a lot of people. The reason these go up for sale so infrequently is you've had to wait three years, whether your your name is Jerry Seinfeld or you know Bob Smith. You've had to wait yeah. three years because you know everyone that's ordering these are rich, powerful, you know, fancy yeah. people. So no one's getting preference. It's it is what it is. Yeah. Um, so you've had to wait for it. Which, if someone's buying a half million dollar car, my guess is they don't have to wait for much in their life. So it makes them appreciate it a bit more, I think. And then yeah, it is built to be the ultimate expression of a Porsche driver's car. So yeah, it it gets, you know, the people that you buy a singer because you want to drive it. You know, you don't necessarily mm-hmm. buy a singer to just stick it in your shed as like a museum piece. Like there's plenty of other cars you can buy and do that. That's fair, yeah. So and for I, me if somehow I even somehow scraped the money together to do something like this, like mm-hmm. <laughs> refinance my house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, um, I would be so terrified to drive this thing. Like I wouldn't yeah. drive it. So it would be a museum piece and and I would be because of the weight, I would never want to sell it. And so right. it'd be an interesting, yeah. It would probably be something after a year. I just think this is stupid. I just well, sell it and yeah. pocket my half million. That's that's <laughs> the thing. Like the the people buying these cars, they're not worth ten yeah. million dollars. Like they're worth yeah. in excess of a hundred million. So that driving this car is not a scary proposition to them. They're not worried if it gets a ding or a dent. Like yeah, was was know. there a time when they were producing quality products and they weren't? ridiculous and yeah. just out of curiosity are those well products i mean it's your definition a lot of money yeah it's kind of your definition of what's ridiculous like were they ever like achievable to like someone working like a normal middle class job no but mm-hmm. i think back in the day you could get a you could commission a singer for like 150 dollars um, wow but their demand as their demand has gone up yeah. so is the prices obviously um and you know, but to be fair, like that's allowed them to develop all these other amazing things like like this turbo project, like the DLS that we've talked about mm-hmm. before. Um, you know, they don't and they don't make very many of these. My understanding is they make like 20 cars a year, 20, 25 cars a year. Um, okay. So they're they're trying they don't you know, they're not trying to just capitalize on a hot Porsche market like they're building the number of cars they can build and still have a. Uh, good, um, you know, quality control, high level of finish. But it's interesting, you know, they, so Chris Harris was involved in helping them develop the DLS. Chris Harris, the top gear mm-hmm. presenter and car journalist. And he just put in an order for a singer. And he was, I was listening to him on a, a podcast talking about it. And he said, they asked him, oh, do you get, you know, how long is it going to take for you to get? And he said, oh, probably two or three years. And they said, really? Like, you know, even though you have a relationship with them? And he's like, yeah, I don't get to jump the line. I'm at the back of the line. Um, Good for them. So the way to do it, you know. I think that's how you have to do it because you're going to risk making your other customers who are also rich, 
powerful yeah. people like very annoyed if you're starting to get preferences. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it just it just cuts into your kind of brand mystique if you're like, yeah, oh, yeah mean, you can jump the line. It well, just that's, doesn't. Yeah, that's the beauty of it is like this is it this really is does our product. That this is mystique. our baby. Right. I don't care it how really much you're worth. Yeah. Right. We it sell doesn't matter for this amount. It doesn't yeah. matter if you're Bill Gates and you can buy Singer eighty you know, a million yeah, times over. We're not for sale. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So, <laughs> yeah. So I, I love this company. I would love every car that I've seen by them. You know, fortunately we saw a few at the Imola open house this past year. Um, it's just to me that those cars, when I see them are so much more drool inducing to me than a Bugatti or a, limited edition fancy ferrari like there's just something about those cars that it's like the perfection of such a beautifully simple formula i i just love it yeah no um, i agree and I, th- I have no doubt this turbo is going to just be uh absolute animal in in a tuxedo so yeah um, <laughs> probably <laughs> uh so the other thing we want to touch on um this week is we were kind of talking we we're talking about some new car stuff and um you know you had talked you had talked to uh, a car broker out in California and and to one of the car dealers here in town and and uh we're topic came up between us about you know dealer markups and and whatnot and there've yeah. been a few new there's been a few kind of um news articles about this lately because there's been there's been little one off things like uh, there was a I remember there's a RAV4 Prime out in California that the dealer had marked up nearly like a hundred percent. There, there've been a bunch of dealers that have been marking up the new Ford Bronco, um, things like that. And so kind of off the back of that, uh, the Ford Ford CEO, Jim Farley, uh, cousin of Chris Farley actually um, Mm. uh, said they're cracking down on this and, and basically have told dealers, you know, this is hurting our brand. And they're going to, um, uh, they sent a letter to dealers in January saying that they'd lose their F-150 Lightning allocations, the F-150 EV, if they try to get reservation holders to pay additional fees or markups. Uh, And he said that's about 10% of their dealer network that they've identified that's been charging over MSRP on their existing models. And along with that, Chevrolet has been doing a similar thing. So with their hot upcoming products, the new Z06 being one of them, as well as um, yeah. some of their EVs, like the Silverado EV, um, they yeah. just, they basically said the same thing to dealers: like you're going to lose allocations if you screw around and do this stuff because it makes the company look bad. And they've actually <clears throat> kind of somewhat threatened potential legal action because um, they said, you know, the dealer agreement that you sign is that that you're not going to do things that would damage the the that's you know, true integrity yeah. of the brand. And so that's the angle they're taking. Uh, so, you know, what has been your experience when you've been kind of looking around at stuff with, with ADMs? I, I've, I've got a couple of kind of anecdotes I'll share, but I'm, I'm curious yeah. kind of what's your take on it and what, what have you seen? Well, you know, I think interestingly, just out of, I mean, I'm always like you always looking yeah. um, at, at vehicles kind of just out of habit this is what i've been doing since i've been in high school (laughs) i can't 
can't really stop. So um, just kind of out of boredom. It's a weird hobby. (laughs) It is, yeah. It's just what I I do. (laughs) Um, You know, so I was looking at, okay, what what are they asking for these, you know, Tycon GTSs? And Mm -hmm. the local guys sounded like they were at MSRP, whereas, you know, when I was just talking with an auto broker, it sounded like most of the groups elsewhere were... Um, maybe like a five thousand to ten thousand dollar markup, and part mm-hmm. of that might be because you don't have a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Um, I did wonder about that. You know, some of it is just market based, um, just out of interest. I called a a dealership outside of oh, what was it, Los Angeles, maybe? Yeah, mm-hmm. and asked about an Etron GT, like in the Ascari blue. I think that's kind of a cool color. Yeah, and um. And they were like, what did they want? 30000 over, um, mm-hmm. you know, MSRP on that car, yeah. which is just new EV tech, first mm-hmm. iteration. Right. It's kind of a it's going to down Porsche 4S. <laughs> it right. just seems nonsense. But, you know, and then I called a dealership that I'd worked with out in Reno, Nevada, and was just like, so what, what's your guys' weight on these, you know, e-tron GTs out of curiosity? And they just mm-hmm. said it's a, it's a long wait. Yeah. And uh, probably like a year based on mm-hmm. their wait list. Um, mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that's the Volkswagen group kind of prioritizing the Taycan because they make a bigger margin. Yeah. You know, I, on find, that, I but, find that so fascinating. Like we, we were talking about this in the middle of the week about how, Taycans are like the number one car on sale in in Norway for like January or I think for January or December, and it's it's crazy to me that these six figure EVs have like wait lists that long. Like there are that many people that have that much money to spend, and that's what they're spending it on. Yeah, you know, I know there's right. a part shortage. I know all that, but like it just seems kind of <laughs> nuts. <laughs> I, I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe it's because people are just like fascinated by propulsion and it's kind of a paradigm change, which you don't really see in life. Mm-hmm. It's like, here's something you've done or grown up with your entire life. And it's now it's reimagined. Different way of doing it. Yeah. As opposed to like, here's the 15th new version of the Toyota Corolla or BMW right, 3 yeah. Series. And you're like, yeah, yeah it's, it's generating more buzz good. and excitement. So maybe that's motivating some people to spend more than they normally would. But sure. um, they, I think that the dealership out in, in Reno had a, uh, what was it? A, it was an Audi G, e-tron GT. And oh my gosh, just I personally think it is the most ugly color they make that in. I don't know if it's like a yellow or if it's oh, it's tactical green, and I just think that is oh, not yeah. attractive. No, I've, um, I've seen and it that, had yeah. like just big arrow silver wheels, and I was like, "What are you guys asking for that?" And he was like, "Yeah, we're you know ten thousand over." <laughs> and I was just so crazy. <laughs> uh, you guys are nuts. So I think some of it is market. Yeah, know, out on the out in the Los Angeles area, or San Francisco, or the East Coast, New York, or. Maybe mm-hmm. even Illinois around Chicago, just forget it. And there's yeah, there's too much money there that people. I guess people are like, I got enough money, I don't care. I doesn't it doesn't whatever. mean anything to me that this gets killed and residual in five years when the supply chains are sorted and things are, you know, right. maybe back to a little bit normal. Or they think, so, well, I'm only going to keep it two years anyways. So 
Yeah, who so who cares? Yeah. I'll just cares? pay my pay my lease payment or something and forget about it. Yeah. So, but I, you know, and and I think for some, just kind of thinking back to the topic, you know, at hand, I, you know, for like Ford to come out, you know, and mark up. I, I don't even know actually specifically what the hell they were doing, but if they're marking up things like Ford Rangers or Mavericks. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's irritating. And I guess right. if you're in a big Metroplex, the dealership can be like, well, you know what? Screw you guys. There's a million people here. There'll we'll be somebody lined up. I don't care. Yeah. Well, but, that's you know, in our market. I've been doing is marking up things like Mavericks where it's like, this is a $25,000 car. Like, yeah. and you're marking it up $7,000. And know? I think that's kind of where dealerships may be why it's. Fortunately, at least at this point, it's only in the the 10%. Mm -hmm. And and I'm glad they're kind of working to cut it off because I don't want that to metastasize to everywhere else in the country. But your local dealership who has a a smaller markup and Mm -hmm. has, you know, recurring relations with people Mm -hmm. that, let's say, kind of like us work at the same institution, Mm -hmm. a lot of people can kind of you know, trash talk a dealership and it gets around. And so I think yeah. it's like the maybe Mercedes here in town. I would never touch them because I know enough people that have had yeah. enough issues. And so that, you know? that has an impact. And, and so I think that, you know, some of that probably plays into it as well. Yeah. But I do think coming out and saying, Hey, you know, these fun cars that, you know, people are willing to pay big bucks on already. You're going to get less of them. Yeah. Because, I, you know, it's, it's interesting that 10% number that Jim Farley quoted, because I suspect it's, it comes down to your de- definition of, of, of a dealer markup. So the kind of the slang term for this is an ADM. So additional dealer markup yeah. and the ADM, you can certainly look at that. And that's just sometimes that's on the Moroni sticker, the Moroni sticker, the, you know, the window sticker, it'll say market adjustment or something like that. So that's an ADM. There's a lot of other kind of tricky ways that dealers are, are, maximizing their money on some of these cars since their stock is lower um, yeah they're doing i've seen them do things like they'll put on like crappy ppf and charge 2500 bucks as like an installed dealer option um yeah they'll do things like window etching that are you know is just a bunch of like little like two hundred dollars here five hundred dollars there of these dealer installed yeah. options and it's already and, in and you're gonna have to pay us to take it off right exactly you can either pay us to take it off or you buy it as is and oh yeah that happened to it. us that happened to us when we bought our wagon and they had um the you know blinking brake light thing installed yeah um and i was kind of indifferent to it at the time because i knew we were getting such a good deal on that overall mm-hmm. that i was like well, that's stupid but yeah in today's market where they're at msrp and they're adding all this crap on that you have to pay to take off the car yeah. <laughs> or like what, or what or what one of the the horse dealers in the twin cities is doing i don't know if they're all doing this but i know uh our buddy that ordered uh, uh a cayman and a macan through his dealer they basically were saying you know well, you have to, they initially told him, like, you have to, if you want this allocation, you have to buy, like, either a Porsche watch or I forget what else they, they offered him. And he was like, I don't want either either of those things. Um, but it was basically their way of getting another few thousand bucks out of the deal. 
Uh, and eventually I think he agreed to like buy a set of tires from them, which is fine. Like he was going to mm-hmm. buy yeah. tires anyways, but you know, so there's ways the dealers can like not charge an ADM on the sticker, yeah. when the sticker, but they can jack the price up, you know, in, cause that PPF installation in terms of man hours and, and material probably costs them 200 bucks and then they charge two. And they do for it. And it's probably know. a kind of borderline shitty job too. I mean, they're probably right. Not it's not going to be and... like, a, yeah, it's not going to be a nice PPF job. Like you'd get it at, at a good detailing place or something. Um, yeah. And then there's some you other know, shenanigans too. Like, so Ferrari for years and years has had a rule with their dealers. They are not allowed to charge over MSRP for any of their cars. And so what mm-hmm. the Ferrari dealers have kind of notoriously done is said, okay, fine, we're not going to charge over, but if you want the newest limited edition Ferrari, you have to quote unquote, have a relationship with us, which means you buy two or three of the cars that no one really wants. Like you buy a California T and you buy one of our eight twelves that we haven't been able to sell, or you buy, you know, one of our F8 Tributos we haven't been able to sell. And once you've spent that $2 million with us in terms of three or four cars, now you can get on the list to get the special hot version of the next mid-engine V8 Ferrari. Yeah. Um, and that's been in place for years and years. Um, you know, so and we're still seeing a lot of like sketchy stuff on on the the market, like our buddy Dave, who you know had the issue with the Porsche dealer up in the Twin Cities uh sent sent me uh there was a 919 oh, yeah. gt3 touring at <laughs> for sale uh oh listed gosh. at three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. and you know that gets to the what you said earlier about you know that speaks to somebody who has so much money that they don't wait they want it anything. now right it doesn't matter like it just Oh gosh, that's a really cheap car for me. Like, how much does it normally cost? Ah, 150 grand more. That's yeah. You know, I f- I fart that amount every right. Yeah, exactly. Three I minutes. Mean, that's <laughs> something, you know. Yeah, that's that's the problem. Is like, there's enough people that are n- that are insanely wealthy enough that sent that even though most people will scoff at that listing and be like, that's insane. There's going to be enough people, and there's currently a low enough volume of GT3 992 GT3 tourings on the market that if the right rich guy or gal sees that listing and is like, "Ooh, I like that. I want that now," that they just need one. They need one yeah. sucker, you know. And unfortunately, yeah, I told I told Dave that that dealership that's advertising that has from yeah. back in the day when I was looking at. Yes, where I bought my car. listings. They have a history of way overcharging for their stock. Yeah. Um, well, but, you know, and I, I guess you know, to I, I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about this quite yet. I haven't run into it, but mm-hmm. you know, if you are, let's say, a dealership, and you are moving a unique car, but mm-hmm. still kind of fairly mass market production, like a WRX, an STI, maybe a BMW mm-hmm. M3, maybe mm-hmm. the Mercedes, you know, some AMG version. Like, right in this market, we're going to say there's a $5,000 markup on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
is that unreasonable? Um, I think it has to scale. Like, is a five thousand dollar markup on a G sixty three AMG unreasonable? No, not at all. Like in this market, that would be like charitable by the dealer. But if you're charging five thousand dollars over for a Ford Maverick, yeah, that's I think to me it's a percentage of the value of the car. Like, it's it's obviously like a percentage of the value of the car, which is I do think a piece of it. But then, Mm -hmm. what is the car? Is yeah. this a utility truck, some kind of mass commuter? Mm-hmm. It's kind of saying like this is a a necessity, right? In this country, mm-hmm. the way we have it set up is you need a car. Yeah. And we're gonna screw you over mm-hmm. um as just like a normal person because we're assholes, mm-hmm. versus, you know, this is a luxury car. You don't really necessarily need this. Yeah, And not only is it a luxury car, it's a version of a luxury car that we don't get a lot of. Right. And we make a little bit more money on these, so they're valuable to us as allocations. And well, to, to that point, we've I've got heard... people on a wait list, so we're going to charge you a little bit more for it. Sorry, like, yeah. not trying to be a jerk here, but that's just how it is right it now. Yeah. I probably am okay with that, you know? Yeah, I mean, to your point, I've heard um, that Cadillac dealers are charging like ten to twenty thousand over for the CT five B Black Wings, mm-hmm. and and it's because this is the first car that Cadillac has come out with in a long time that people are like, I need to have that. <laughs> I want I, actually like have all joking that. aside, like I I heard this I heard this from um, uh, a guy on California. He was on a on a podcast he said you know i inquired about about it and and the dealer said like they were very honest with them like you know we don't get very many cars in that people are fighting over allocations for so like we're going to make our money yeah so in it, now, it is to hard your to point yeah yeah and so that's fair that's fair like okay you know and then that's just up to you as an individual you just have to decide like is that worth it right you know have we seen a paradigm shift here where the future is evs they Mm -hmm. are going to be more continuously updated people are going to have longer ownership experiences right and lithium and things like that are they're just expensive and it's it's an environmental challenge to produce these cars and Mm -hmm. so to kind of recoup our gains you know, the dealers are going to probably have wait lists for most of this stuff. You're probably going to have to custom order it. It's always going to be at MSRP. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to make they're going to make up for their money losses there because they're not doing volume. And then they're going to have like, you know, pay for software updates or, you know, they're going to control yeah. the code to the car. And so when you come in for service, yeah, we're going to update a few of these things. It's this amount if you want it. And yeah. the dealers, you know, pocket you know, a chunk of that because they're doing the update. Like, right. Yeah. If we are moving into that era, that that's just the new era is it's a, it's kind of like you order it on Amazon and it just comes here that that is what we do with cars now. And a lot of these, you just, maybe you get to test drive a demo car, but you don't actually get to drive off the dealer lot with it. Then probably some of these values, then we probably are looking at a future where a lot of things stay at MSRP 
and that kind of loss is maybe priced in. But if they go back to, you know, power volume selling where they've got crazy discounts, then, you know, you paying four grand or five grand extra on AMG, yeah, yeah. you're going to eat that a little bit at some point, but you paying four or five grand on a Maverick, you're going to get crushed when yeah. those go back to volume sales in four years when they get right. this stuff sorted out. So that's really particularly yeah. nasty to like the normal person who's just trying to take the thing to get to work and, you know, get by in life. Yeah. I mean um, like that, that to me is like the, I mean, ultimately the market is all about supply and demand. Like no one, if they wouldn't be asking $80,000 for RAV4 prime, if they didn't think someone was going to pay it, um, mm-hmm. you know, people wouldn't be asking $350,000 for GT3 touring if they didn't think someone was going to pay it. So, I mean, ultimately, the cost of these cars is kind of the fault of the sellers because, you know, if if that $350,000 touring sits on the lot for two years, the price will come down. Yeah. And so, you know, part of it is just, I think we have a lot of really rich people that have more money than patience, um, yeah. you know, and I think the the high end stuff I wouldn't say is forgivable to me, but it's understandable. Like if they think they can get an extra hundred grand out of some rich dude, they're gonna do it. The stuff yeah. that's unforgivable to me is charging markups on non limited edition stuff. Like there's a squeeze on the marketplace right now, so there's everything is in short supply. But like someone that's in the market for like a new Corolla so they can get to and from their job reliably should not be getting gouged. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know, you know that's just gouge the guy yeah. that's buying a hundred thousand dollar Ram TRX gouge the guy that's yeah. 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 Buying be the first guy on the block yeah. with a Bronco or an M3 or whatever. That's yeah. I won't say that's fine, but they can stomach it if they really. Yeah. And, the and that person can say, you know, I don't want to pay that. Yeah. And that, yeah. So fine. They, don't pay it. But don't you don't know. gouge the person who's buying a Maverick so that his, you know, because his his truck that he had for his, you know, lawn maintenance company uh crapped the bed. You know, like those yeah. people don't need that kind of BS. Um, <laughs> I know. So I know. Man. That that's probably what frustrates me about the ADMs. Like it frustrates me on one hand because I know if I want any cool new fun thing, I'm gonna have to decide if I wanna pay that. You know, because yeah. it's 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 <clears throat> everything from Civic Type R's to I'm sure that Subaru STI will have ADMs. You know, anything yeah. remotely fun or interesting is in this current market has an ADM. Um, mm-hmm. But because of the the shortage on you know chips and materials and delays in in shipping and all that stuff, like the fact that regular cars like mass produced, there's a two million of them in one state kind of deal are yeah. are being uh kind of similarly uh you know marked up is is a li- is pretty ridiculous to me yeah and and it just further like makes people hate car dealerships you know and, and all of a sudden basically and you, think you know about like, it, you're like oh tesla's tesla makes sense i just have to order from their website yeah and like going back to what i said i mean it doesn't you know, if you're in a metroplex, I guess it just doesn't matter as much. Right. But if you're more of a locally, you know, driven dealer, it's something to be cautious of. Yeah, Because those people exactly. in the future can at least buy somewhere 
house. I mean, they'll yeah. probably come to you for service, but uh, you, you know. can. I mean, yeah, in a smaller town, like you have to be careful because if you get a reputation, that can really sink your dealership. Because people yeah. say, you know what, the BMW dealer is doing BS in my town. I'll go to the Mercedes place or the Audi place, yeah, or yeah. you know, yeah. maybe I'll go up to the cities to buy my, you know, the yeah. the, the BMW or whatever. But boy, uh, I think we're still a ways away from that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think we're a ways away from that kind of normalizing. So I think that this is just a little bit of what we're going to be dealing with for a while. I am glad some of the manufacturers are trying to push back, though, and say, like, hey, yeah, cut this shit out. Like, this is, yeah, you're making, this us, is you're making us all look bad. We all know you want, your, <laughs> we all know you want a cut of the money. Um, and you're doing better than you've done in a long time because you don't have to sell at discounts. And right. You don't have a bunch of stuff. Well, that's the irony. Lot. So, right. Let's like, in just th- leave in it three alone. Years, yeah. In three years, these same cars that have ADMs are going to be like on financing deals and sales. It's not going to be good. I mean, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. The people that own them that, you know, financed it, that's uh, not going to be yeah, good. They're going to eat their shirt. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, well, I think that's about all we have time for this week, buddy. Uh, any last thoughts or anything? No, that's great. Good conversation. Right. Well, thank you all so much for listening to our 52nd episode. Um, yeah. We'll be back next week um, with either some more car news if it comes by or um, or a, a topic of our choosing. We're coming up on, I think, F1 testing. is going to be very soon. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that's another thing we need to... Yeah. Starting back to on the radar, yeah. It's yeah to reveal some of their liveries and and yep. like 2022 cars. So that's right around the corner. Uh, something yeah. to look forward to. But until then, uh, we'll see y'all next time. Be sure to follow us on um, the Blowfeld Podcast on Instagram, and uh, be sure to, to rate and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss it. Uh, and uh, we'll be back next week.